0: One knows how to play poker. Poker, poker. But do you know how to play poker? Well, well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play. Where to play. And how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez.
1: Welcome to another edition of the show. We come to you from South Florida. Where we're hoping for a little bit of cool weather in the next week or so. Oh, I, I love it. Been, hasn't been happening, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, you can't complain. Over on the west coast of Florida, they got <laughs> they got deluged by uh, the tropical storm and went up the east coast and ruined a couple football games, from what I hear. Uh, but uh, we've been having a pretty good year. We had one threat this year, so I I don't want to say that the hurricane season is completely over, but...
0: No, we got another month to, to, to worry well, about We this. really
1: have only had one serious threat, so uh, it's been a great year, and uh, a lot of great poker down here. We're just around the corner from the Seminole Hard Rock opening their Guitar Hotel that opens this Thursday on October 24th. Yep. And uh saw a few uh, TV uh, shots uh, of, of the inside, uh, the entrance. I haven't seen the poker room yet. I'm going to go over uh, for the opening on Thursday. Uh, I might even play the old poker room t- tomorrow night. I'm thinking about playing yeah. a 150 over there and getting a good feel of what it was like to what the new one is like and the, and the differences in between. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I've also invited Tony Burns to be on the show Uh, He, I'm sure, is very busy. He didn't get back to me today, but maybe we'll have him on next week after the opening and talk about Rock and Roll Poker Open, which is right around Thanksgiving, and a lot of stuff as they move into a whole new era over there. Uh, Very curious to check out. I did see some uh, shots of inside the Hard Rock live. It is just absolutely incredible. I mean, you know, obviously they... They had an event center with a square auditorium where it's always hard to see a concert, yep. which is at one end of the of the auditorium, and then you're not really even facing the stage. So how? What do they do? This now? is like a theater, like with Vegas style. S- several levels, incredible VIP upper deck, and and uh, they have made it now with a lot of things in mind. Uh, they interviewed James Allen, and he said, you know. Uh, boxing and uh, UFC and, and stuff like that is really on his mind too to show a lot of events. So Beautiful. there's going to be like 200 events there supposedly in the next year.
0: They they were already the kings in this area. Now now forget about it. You yeah. know now now with this this venue. Oh my god.
1: But what I found is it's so much more than just uh, a guitar hotel. I mean we've seen that uh, you know going up for the past several months. You can see it from a lot of highways from around town. Yeah. And the light shows are starting to kick in. They'll be lighted every night, and they'll have some fireworks coming out of the top of it on certain occasions. Uh, But they also have these incredible pool area with what they call Bora Bora with these uh, uh, cabanas around a a tropical-type area. It is just so high-end that uh, it's going to be unbelievable. But, you know, I think there'll be reasonable rates in the beginning to get people to show up. You know, I've heard $149 a night for the hotel, and... And that would be pretty cool. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. So we got to all take advantage of that. But good poker has always been great there. Tony recently got promoted to uh, Seminole Gaming's uh, poker marketing director. So uh, they just had a big opening over in Tampa. And uh, that was the first part of October. They had some big uh, celebrity guests there, Keith Urban and uh, Nicole Kidman uh Christy Brinkley and a few other people and they have a brand new hotel there uh,
0: not uh and they shape, brought and they brought over our friend from the poker the Pablo room
1: Pablo Perez correct mm-hmm. but uh they will have their first big national tournament in the in the World Series of Poker circuit in February and uh from what i hear that place is just tremendous and really you know uh 1.5 billion dollar uh You know,
0: uh, (laughs) expansion there.
1: So, you know, yeah, you get what you pay for, I guess. (laughs) So we'll see what happens uh, with the Seminole Hard Rock this week. I'm really looking forward to going over there on Thursday. They're going to have a red carpet uh, and a lot of celebrities there. Um, I'm really, of course, really excited about seeing the poker room and then eventually playing in it next week, maybe. But we'll see what happens here. So um, certainly a lot of stuff happening here in South Florida. But uh, the Poker World rolls on. World Series of Poker Europe going on right now. They just uh, bagged up today for the uh, Platinum High Roller. And so they're down to the final table. Pretty interesting. Uh, the chip leader is uh, Kale Burns with 33 million chips. Currently in second place, Hossein Ensan, Ooh. which is pretty interesting uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh you know, not that he wasn't a great player, but you kind of wonder what's going to happen with him after, and maybe take some time off, or maybe not play some big tournaments. But he's playing in this. It's a twenty-five euro, twenty-five thousand euro buy-in, and uh, currently uh, in third place in chips is Timothy Adams, uh, who was a good friend of Steve Carps, I remember he uh, was going to get him on the show back a few years back. Uh, Alex Foxen is in fourth place, and then the the final table rounds out. Oh, the leader is Cale Burns, by the way. Uh, with thirty three million. Ensign has twenty two million, then nine seven five four approximately for the other players. Uh Abdel Hakim Zufri from the Netherlands is fifth. Sam Trickett is rounds out the final table. So a lot of big names over there. Uh Helmuth is playing in uh Rasmus. uh Daniel Negreanu, Anthony Zeno. Uh so a lot of big players are there. Uh of course a lot of stuff going on here including uh the uh, WPT best bet Bounty Scramble, which just ended in Jacksonville, so I want to get to that story as well, because it's a it's a pretty neat one. Uh, some of the other things we'll talk about tonight, uh, if we have some time, we'll get into this story series of stories uh, put out by uh, Mo Nuara from Poker News, who talks about some uh, hands that were released, uh, a lot of play, thousands of hands with some big name players against the uh, the AI robot. Uh, Pluribus is the name of it.
0: If I remember correctly, they didn't do very well against well, the robot last time.
1: Yeah, but they've con- this Carnegie Mellon crew has worked on this thing. And this is a robot or a bot that uh, actually is self-teaching. They just uh, run through millions of hands with it. And it's able to learn oh, so on the fly. Uh, well, then
0: that means it's picking up patterns and, and yes. uh, you know, uh, wow. And not only... <laughs> That's scary, though, for well, online poker to think that somebody can have that. that Right, exactly. Think about that.
1: They first developed a, a bot that was able to beat head-to-head play, but said people said, you know, multi-table, hold'em games. It's just way too complicated. There's no way that, that they can do that. Well, they came down to the point where they just played millions of hands, and against top players, guys like Greg Merson... Um, Jesus Ferguson, Darren Elias, um, several other players like that, and then they played thousands of hands, and um, it was able to beat them on a regular. The players on a regular yeah, basis, yeah,
0: because it doesn't play with the emotion, and if it's self-teaching, it kind of almost picks up. You know, I don't know how they they equate that. You know, in 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 their language, in, in the computer language, how it's done, but you know if it starts picking up how you're acting on certain you know depending on certain hands how they went and everything else and they don't react you know with any type of emotion that play remember that's part of the big thing in poker is being able to read your opponent when you're playing live against them you know and and seeing their trends even online you could pick up trends of certain players if you played a lot, enough with them you know this this computer <laughs> is is made not not to uh, to have those tendencies. So well,
1: it's, it's very scary. Uh, they said Libratus in, 19, in 2017 powered by 100 CPUs. In 2019, Pluribus required just two. So what that means is uh, he can use less than 128 gigabytes of memory and run it on a cloud server costing less than 150 bucks. So it's going to be out there, available. Um, it takes an average of 20 seconds per hand in a multiplayer setting, which is twice as fast, according to this, than the average human player. Uh, it's completely self-taught. Uh, they they fed the rules to them of no-limit Texas Hold'em, left it to learn and devise its own strategies, which are pretty bizarre, from what I can tell. Uh, but it's called reinforcement learning. Played trillions of hands against itself and reached a world-class level in 20 hours.
0: Of course, with those amount of hands. Remember how we we we've discussed over the years how the you know the younger generation, because of being able to multi-table so many you know uh, hands, you know online, have gained the experience that it's taken you know the top pros years of of playing you know. Because we didn't have computers, we were playing heads up. You couldn't. You could only play one game at a time. You know. Kudos that they can multitask and multi-table these these things and continually learn. But, you know, what took me twenty years to learn. Right. These, you know, the young kids were learning it probably in six months to a year to a, to acquire that knowledge, and that expertise. And going forward, being that they could do so many multi tables, that you know, again, you know, great that they could do that. Our generation is a lot more difficult for that. We weren't, we weren't brought up to do that type of thinking, which actually, you know, puts you on a much, you know, you you have to be even sharper than that. And now that you have a computer that can, you know, uh, dissect. A, what was it? A trillion hands? Is that what you Trillions just did? of hands. Yeah. Trillions of hands. 20 hours. Yeah, 20 hours that might have taken a, a, a world-class poker player a lifetime. 40 maybe. years. Yeah, a lifetime, practically, of playing poker to to probably not even acquire all of that knowledge. Uh,
1: one of the interesting things I found was, in one article that was written, said that um, from a strategy pr- perspective, the pluribus' tactics could revive the donk bet. Uh, often maligned by experts, the art of calling a raise... And betting into the Razor on the next street may be more effective than first thought. Uh, so it, didn't, it said it was unclear on why this conclusion was made, but that the the computer made this move far more often during its masses than the professionals
0: did. Oh, you mean that the computer was making the donk, donk bets? Donk bets, yeah. Oh, that's, that's interesting, because I thought it was maybe the players should be yeah. doing that, and then the computer, but once again... This is self-teaching, so even if you change it up to where you've got a, an advantage for a short while, it'll start teaching itself that, hey, to look for these type of plays and, and, and you know, come up with the proper, uh, <laughs> yeah you know, analyze it properly to, to make whatever plays it's got to make, whether it's a bluff or whether it's, you know, uh, a fold, you know. So what is the purpose of this computer going forward? Are they? Is this to be uh, used? Because who's going to want to play well, against this? Machine? They seem
1: to that it's just like a start to a lot of other uh, things in real life. They actually make the comment that, uh, uh, in the opinion of the uh, creators, they think that uh, le- being able to strategize against multiple opponents could help in areas like cybersecurity, healthcare, and finance. Okay. So it
0: has far-reaching... Now, my uh, question being a 60-year-old person and not being very very savvy <laughs> on, on, on tech... Yeah, don't uh, worry about I it. You're not going to be around. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> think about it. If it's that good now, what's to stop somebody from using that and making you know, incredible amount of money? If, if we don't have a way, if these sites online don't have a way to figure out that somebody is using this technology against their players, in my opinion, it's going to start killing it because... I'd have serious doubts about, you know, putting any kind of serious money to play, right, right. you know. And I don't know how, you know, I can't imagine that that would be good for the for the sites that have, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of players registered that are playing, you know. Now that we have it in a few states here that it's legal. If I was in, in government, this is something that would actually worry me that, our, that you know, my citizens may be, getting taken advantage yeah, of exactly. by someone exactly. who's tech-savvy enough to put this in there, even if it's for a short period of time. The sites are going to have to be able to figure out a way to detect this as quickly as possible if someone tries to use this uh, this computer against normal players. Right. Think about it. It's destroying... World-class players, what do you think it's going to do to people like you and me?
1: But here's the scary thing. It says, uh, although Pluribus has a blueprint for optimal play at the start of a game, it conducts real-time searches of its database and can adjust based on the moves of its opponent.
0: Uh, uh, Just (laughs) more fuel for my fire here, you know? Uh, That's something that... What a great advantage that the world-class players can do, that when they play with enough opponents that they, they, they can probably i don't know 70 80% of the time correctly guess which way you're heading towards this hand because they're able to to retain that information you know that's one of the great advantages that somebody should have if they're able to do that right. and use it in real time as they go forward right with a powerful brain exactly you know again this is something that i i would want to hear how this will not somehow find its way into, you know, online games.
1: Well, knowing how that uh, people will always find a way to, uh, to cheat or that's what I'm saying, or, right. uh, take advantage of a situation to exploit other people, it's scary to think about it, that uh, who knows uh, uh, how know, this is going to affect the from online From a poker world.
0: standpoint, as a, as a player, if I was involved in an online site, you know, and now going forward, can someone use this information in a brick and mortar going down the line somehow by inputting information, doing whatever it is. Again, not being savvy enough to, to know if that's possible. These are the thoughts I would be running uh, running through my mind just thinking about something that's self-teaching.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, we'll see what happens with that as well. Uh,
1: like I say, uh, you and I, we're probably not going to be around when that uh, really uh, takes effect. But uh, uh, it's a scary world. You know, There's, it's changed so much. And... Uh, you know people have the uh, probably the good motives of wanting to improve the world and create some of these things but it's just scary to know that human beings will uh t- sometimes
0: take the worst avenue but this is this is it's just you know listen this has been how history has been no matter what right, the product right. is you know uh, illegal or not people will try to find a way to 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 get an edge and an advantage and we've known this in in the in gambling loaded dice Marking cards, you know, dealing seconds. Yeah. There's always a, there's always someone trying to beat the game, and uh, <laughs> somebody has found a way to beat poker right now. From what I'm from what I, you yeah, just mentioned, exactly.
1: Um, I'd like to take a quick look at one of the hands, which is kind of bizarre. Um, there's some really interesting angles that you wouldn't think would be positive. For your profit motive, Uh, there's a hand here uh, where Pluribus uh, was in the cutoff with ace seven of spades. Uh, Made it 225 to go. The player in the small blind three bet with ace jack offsuit to a thousand fifty. Pluribus re raised to 2150 and the small blind called. Uh, The flop was ten of spades, seven of diamonds four of diamonds uh the small blind checked pluribus checked back An eight of spades came on the turn the small blind uh bet 2400 pluribus called and the river was uh, a two of hearts so the small blind shoved and pluribus called uh you know apparently uh Pluribus was holding uh, uh A7, the A7 so he ends up winning player, the hand. The other guy was a complete bluff and he picked he, it off.
0: Right. You know, again, that might happen with somebody if you know your opponent, but uh, we need a lot more information as to why he did that that right. kind of play. I understand I understand the uh the just the call on the on the on the uh on the turn. The check was probably good because he, you know, Figured his opponent might come out, which he did, but he didn't raise him because it was what was it a, a two of uh, two of spades on the on the turn and then two, the, of, uh, two uh, of
1: hearts I guess it was two eight of, of spades was on the on the turn oh
0: I'm sorry the eight there now he's got two overcards to him there he so he did at one point have a have a
1: draw but didn't get it and then still called the shove the fifty four hundred dollars shove with just pocket with just a pair of sevens
0: right he had two overcards he the computer probably didn't put put him on a pocket pair, maybe two o you know two big cards and since since he checked the since he checked the the flop and then only called the uh the turn bet you know he figured maybe his opponent would would take a shot at it uh, take a shot with two over cards you know it, it again you're 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 thinking you'd have to know what percentages I'm sure the computer put out a you know quickly calculated what percentages of hands he would have and what are his chances of beating the hand that he had when, with third pair and made the call. Right. These are things that we would have to sit there and think about for a while with a shove. you know, This thing is calculating it, and it's looking at, at statistical numbers that you know, I would imagine only top world-class players yeah. could come up with.
1: Right. Well, some, Tony Gregg, Nick Petrangelo, these are some of the guys who played in these games against him. And you would think it would be impossible for him to beat that kind of quality of player. But uh, it was happening. So there's another couple of hands here. Maybe we'll get back to this a little bit later. But uh, um, when you study it, sometimes uh, it makes you realize that playing the optimal game theory maybe is not the, the best route sometimes. So do some crazy well, stuff uh, can work really well for you.
0: Well, listen, you know, this game, since we've been doing this for t- oh, close to 10 years and stuff, has evolved a whole lot you know, the 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 style of play back, you know, when uh as Mike as Mike Smith said to us once, uh, you know, people only played Holdem back in the eighties in the main event at the WSOP and it was only a couple of hundred right. if that and now the game has completely changed. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to know if this computer now since PLO has become a very big game, you know, how it's going to do there because right. there's a lot more calculations there and since the computer can do this so quickly I would imagine eventually they would have a a bigger advantage yeah. than than on, I think you're right of them. I think so. you're right about that. Okay,
1: let's take our first break on the show. When we come back, we'll uh, get to uh, some of the local competitions, including uh, a big stack event for a $130 buy-in at the Seminole Hard Rock was going up against the Isle's main event of their Isle Open uh, with a $1,500 buy-in. And as it turned out, the Isle didn't make their guarantee. They went quite a bit short. Uh they went about uh 30 players short uh, Ooh, so it took a pretty a good shot in the shot in the arm there. So uh but uh, we will give you some of the results uh as they're finishing things up in a couple of those local tournaments and I want to get to this uh Jacksonville tournament because it's a great story that just shows you that luck and confidence can uh, overcome all sometimes for a poker player.
0: You'll forgive that I haven't followed this because I'm so busy with the two things that I'm doing now at the casino. But anything else on that gentleman that everyone says was cheating and uh, no, we uh, talked my, about I mean, it
1: last couple of weeks. Uh, really hasn't been anything else. Nothing kind of you, kind of moving nothing on you has that. come on since the no, last
0: game of the year?
1: No, I guess there'll be some kind of lawsuits and you know three months from now something will come out and we'll we'll talk about it then. But I think people have gotten a little bit tired of that. So. Um, we'll, 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 we'll get back to that at a later date when we find out a little bit more but nothing Perfect. this week came out anyway well, let's take this break on the show you're listening to Poker Action Line we'll talk about some tournaments and uh, the opening of the Hard Rock uh, this week maybe get to that as well and we'll be back with more of the show when we come back you're listening to Poker Action Line and we'll be back after these messages
0: this is Poker Action Line
1: I
0: don't believe it. My savings are gone. They're gone. You're kidding. Nope, they're gone. They're gone, gone. Okay, all right. Think about it. Where did you have them last? I remember I was home, then I took them, and then I spent them on that vacation to Aruba. Then I bought this miniature suit of armor I saw in the in-flight magazine.
1: And that's the last you saw of your savings? Yes, yes. This is so weird.
0: I know, right? Weird? Uh, not really. Not saving now means no money later. You'd be surprised how quickly a little money from every paycheck can really add up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org.
1: The armor is cool, though.
0: Oops. I think I broke its gauntlet. You broke my favorite part. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com.
1: And welcome back. Big David Joe talking poker here as usual on Poker Action Line. Uh, you're back working at a poker room again. Uh, I heard today that the owner of your casino uh has purchased Circus Circus out in Las Vegas. Crazy. I love
0: this man. I love <laughs> this man, Phil Ruffin. You know, at his age, he doesn't stop, and that's so wonderful. You know, to see, and I, I can only imagine how successful he's going to make Circus Circus now, and you know.
1: Well, you wonder about the connections, uh, you know, wh- how that will be, uh, you know, a real boon for the local employees here to be
0: associated with some big-name Vegas well, uh, hotels nice as well. it's nice to now know he's got two properties out there, you know. that owned uh, the Treasure, Treasure Island. Treasure Island, and we know how beautiful that is. Uh, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, being that I'm also not only just doing poker now, but, you know, being a casino host player development in, in the slots area, hopefully that'll... Help us develop even bigger players down right. here, being that we can entice them with a little maybe something from Vegas and Trips stuff. Trips to Vegas, so, sure. you know, For our top players, and uh, listen, I'm just so grateful. <laughs> I am very grateful to be there.
1: Well, uh, the 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 direction that Vegas is taking is really kind of interesting because some of these huge. Uh, companies that have possessed all these uh, assets for a while are are unloading them maybe to bring some money back to their shareholders and and the business uh part of it is is strange the Bellagio also was owned by MGM as was Circus Circus and that has been uh, I don't I, I don't know if sold is the best word because there is a new owner of the uh, of the Bellagio but uh MGM we're gonna, is going to continue to run it And uh, I'm not sure how many big changes there's going to be. But all these places, we hear these stories from week to week, the Rio possibly Uh, being sold. And, and, uh, you know, it's uh, I don't know what direction they're heading in out there. I guess we just got to react with uh, deciding where to go and where to bring our business.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I haven't heard anything as to the reasons why these these hotels, why they're kind of breaking up. Because you had two major groups that owned... Five or six hotels, each of them combined, and then, you know, obviously right. the wind was on its own. Sheldon Allison owns the Venetian and um, the Palazzo, Um, you know, Mr. Ruffin with Treasure Island. Who knows? I mean, you know, I, I don't think we're going to be privy to the financial information that, uh, and the reasons for this, uh, unless it is for stockholder reasons and, you know, shore up, make more profits or cut losses, whatever it is. I'm just speculating here.
1: Yeah, well, you know, with all this stuff happening with sports betting, that will be the next thing. Uh, You know, poker seems to be almost left in the dust with a lot of these things happening.
0: Well, you know, listen, we're we're seeing the numbers that are just incredible coming out of New Jersey. Um, You know, I'm hoping that the state of Florida, obviously, because we would benefit from it there at Casino Miami, uh, allows us to do this, that then um, this next leg- legislative session, you know, they they allow us to do this. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, now that that's going to be open, that's got to actually take a hit to Vegas now that people can lay down bets, legal bets in casinos in different places around the country. Yeah. You know, now, now I'm curious to see what their handle is going to be this year on the Super Bowl, which is usually the biggest... You know, event sporting event that that you get one game bet, and uh, you know they always they always record those numbers for all the casinos out there in Vegas and maybe even in the whole state of Nevada. I'm very curious to see how that's going to be this year. Now that the East Coast doesn't have to go out there for big bets, that they can right. actually do it. You know, uh, in New Jersey and and people who live there don't even have to. I don't I don't believe you don't even have to go to the casino anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly. just do
0: it online.
1: Uh, Let's get to some of these local tournaments here because, you know, we we occasionally will see an event uh, go short and uh, be a complete overlay for the players. Um, You know, it has probably cost some uh, facilities to really cut back on guarantees and on days operating it's always a tough job to go in this market against other places especially against the hard rock which to be honest will try to capitalize by running tournaments uh against some of their competitors with, with the with the deep pockets that they have and uh and the power that they have truly and,
0: and we know that they've fallen short on some of their guarantees a few years ago you right. know but again them falling short if we've discussed on the show before means Okay, they may have missed that that guarantee, but they're making so much more money on on all the other stuff with their rooms being completely booked, restaurants, you know, table games, people playing at the other games, you know, like you said, the aisle. What was the guarantee there?
1: The guarantee was 300k. They had uh, 158 entries going into day day going into day uh, uh, day two, I guess.
0: Okay, and they, so were, they were still taking buy-in? some entries.
1: Yeah, fifteen hundred dollar buy-in.
0: So at that point, you got a little over two hundred and twenty-five thousand without the house. Yeah, making they said they money. were
1: eighty-six thousand short going into that next day. Well, they did have some late entries and probably some rebuys as well because they ended with one hundred and ninety-two players. So one
0: hundred and ninety-two
1: at fifteen hundred for a three hundred guarantee. They probably went short about
0: thirty some thousand, I would think, thirty or forty thousand. Well, one one hundred and ninety-two. Well. At two hundred for fifteen hundred, you get right to, and the guarantee was three hundred or three fifty. Three dollars So with eight more players, the house doesn't make anything, you know, and it's and 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 they they're down. Uh, tw- that would be eight players would have been twelve thousand dollars. Yeah. So out of pocket, they came out with twelve thousand dollars, but they. Don't make any of whatever whatever part of the pay of the, of the
1: dealers and uh, exactly, the fees you know, that were part of that so fifteen hundred.
0: When you guarantee three hundred thousand, you know my my guess is like you said, bottom line, they said probably lost with the salaries and everything else, probably around thirty to forty thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah.
1: So you wonder how that will affect them next year? Of course, they uh, they're looking for a new poker room director. Uh,
0: well, you got new manager. I mean, a new owner new of that place. So yeah.
1: Exactly the.
0: Going forward the
1: Eldorado had purchased that place
0: some time back, going forward, Dave I think what'll probably happen like you said, if the hard rock wants to, and the biggest problem I know, Dave is uh, you know before you kind of knew people's schedule going forward, and you need to properly advertise this and right. prepare for it with enough time, but now you know. Okay, I'm only going to cross over one or two days when, you know, uh, Coconut Creek or the Isle. Now, you know, you can, like you said, you could practically be heads up against it. And obviously, the you know, the the, the, the owners with the deeper pockets are the ones that are going to eventually win that battle. You yeah. just can't win that battle.
1: Well, you know, there's something to be said for having a regular tournament schedule. And Mike Smith developed it over the years, the four big tournaments uh, yearly. And uh, you don't want to come in and completely shake that up. But after a while, you know, well, people it get it wasn't complacent. that any
0: people shaked it up. Mike was very successful with, the, with those four right. tournaments that he had, okay? People saw that. People want a piece of that. So now, you know, you start setting it up. Not only do you do not have to compete against them, but now let's say you have a big tournament just prior to one of their big tournaments. How many of those players are now going to, you know, money that they had earmarked years earlier for for the, the aisle tournament, now all of a sudden are going to put that money in over right. here. They don't have any success. And even if some of them do, it's not the same amount of numbers. Now you have less people entering your tournament. And then when you go head-to-head... It's well, they always they conflict. always had to go
1: head-to-head with the Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood, but then now Seminole Coconut Creek is, has a circuit event that's a $1,700 main event buy-in. So now they have other people. It used to be they were the only ones that did those bigger tournaments, and then the other ones like Gulfstream and Dania and, and some but of those they places have had 300 or $400
0: the, Yeah, they have daily tournaments. Right, You're, you're not going to be as affected in the daily tournaments because it's the same type of thing. It's when you have these tournaments where you're putting out a number of 300000 in this case, you know, that you'd want to entice the poker players to come in and play in your tournament. But, again, you know, if, if it's oversaturated, it's like I, I, I've mentioned now with some of the high hands, you know, like what we do here in South Florida is just ridiculous. The rest of the country, I'm sure, can't understand the amount right. of money that we're giving people all around. But if you have it every day, you know, it doesn't become special anymore, so you as a player go well, it's a thousand dollars every half hour man that 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 would have set the world on fire seven eight years ago down here, right. okay now this one's got eight hundred, that one's got a 1, thousand you know what there's no There's no urgency for you to make plans to play that day there because two days later or the next day it's going to be at one of the other casinos right around right. here, and all that does is weakens. It weakens it for all the all the all the poker rooms great for the players, great for the players, but all of a sudden you have to change how you do business, and eventually you know if rooms start losing money like this and and going short in these tournaments, not making enough money to cover high hands i I honestly believe you know people are gonna have to make hard decisions as to whether they want to keep the poker room around Dave people have to understand. The poker room, usually, if it's successful, has a large amount of employees that you're paying a lot of, you know, usually minimum wage or or at least $5 and change an hour. If they're working over 30 plus hours a week, you have to offer them uh, benefits, health benefits. You know, all of a sudden, this becomes very, very expensive. And the poker rooms just do not produce the revenue especially for, for local casinos, you know, because there's, you don't have a hotel to generate income from there. You know, you only have the slot machines. You don't have table games. And now all of a sudden you go, wow, I don't need this much personnel to make this little amount yeah. you know, a, of money. Right. Unlike unlike the Hard Rock, like I said, if it draws 1,000 people but it needed 1,100 to make a guarantee and then let's say 11, 1,020 enter – that's a thousand and change people that are in your hotel spending money at a lot of different venues in your hotel you're you, more than likely you are not going to lose money you may not make as much as you wanted right. to but you're not going to lose money local casinos are, can't compete against that yeah uh
1: it's 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 bizarre it's uh, you know you don't really know what's going to happen and uh you know there's other people who want to get their slice of the pie so you're talking about some other places wanting to open second uh, second rooms second uh, paramutuals to to get the uh, state requirements to open a poker room, so uh, it's
0: crazy. Uh, I I'm not sure where it's headed. Exactly. I I honestly don't know. Coming back now after being out for a few years and seeing what's out there, seeing seeing you know in Casino Miami, you know we 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 have to compete very hard against uh, Hialeah, who wasn't there. That's the 800 pound gorilla for us now. All right. You know I had to compete against Magic City. Well, guess what? We didn't do anything to them when we opened our room, and we're practically just a few miles away from each other on the same avenue. But I put a dent into three other big casinos around here, which was called their poker room. We took more than half of their business, and we hit we hit Mardi Gras and Gulfstream, which is a big surprise to me that we hit them as hard as we did, you know, being that it's a little further drive. Right Now, you know, for us... It, it's a lot harder because Hialeah is in our, you know, it's four miles away from us. It's in our backyard, and they adri- they've adjusted, they're not wanting us to get a foothold at all. So, based on these scenarios, I can't imagine how the Isle, Dania, Mardi Gras, and Gulfstream, which are really affected by being that close to the Hard Rock, how they're going to adjust to this. Yeah. You, you actually have to sit there and say, okay. This is what I'm going to do. Tournaments in these other places may go by the wayside, at least for you know, like what the Isle's been doing, because I don't believe the Mardi Gras Gulfstream have run any big tournaments that take over a couple of days. They're more of a the freehold, the buy-in crazy, and you know, having a five thousand, ten thousand for their local players. But you can't think of. Bringing in a an, another poker tour, like let's say the uh, the one that uh, uh, the Fossil Man is in, uh, what's it the uh, Heartland? Heartland Heartland Poker Tour, yeah. you know, you can't even think of doing those things because the cost to get it started up, and then if one of these other, you know, if the Hard Rock decides they want to put on even a mini series to compete against you there. It's going to kill you.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, Well, let's get to a couple of results of these things. Uh, I don't
1: have a final result from the the aisle, but their uh, $300,000 guaranteed $1,500 buy-in main event of the aisle open uh, went to the final table today with seven players left. Chip leader was uh, Daniel Grubisic, Grubisic, and uh, Zach Bolinix was second, Alan Schein. In third, I don't know any of the other players there. Brandon, no, I guess uh, uh, some people would know. But uh, they had the seven players, and they were headed into that today. As far as the Seminole Hard Rock, they finished up their $130 tournament. Uh, Completely different level, but very popular, drawing a lot of people. It was a $100,000 guarantee for a $130 tournament, Uh, and they drew over 1,400 players. Uh that finished up with a six way chop. Uh taking the bulk of the money was Ernesto Amingual and Oscar uh Sarialta, Russell Friedman, Lisa T. Baggi, Toner Akerman, and Evgeny Harchenko were the others who split what the six way chop. The Anywhere from twenty one thousand down to nine. That was uh, okay. Uh, a uh split there. So uh but but that kind of competition is uh i don't know is it good for the business uh to have tournaments going head to head like that i guess not really
0: huh no not not for business and to be honest with you in the long run i don't believe it's going to be good for the players yeah you understand because the more options that you have the more the people have to compete you know like i said think about it from a business standpoint if 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 eventually your competitors say hey we're not going to compete against you in, in this venue of tournaments. You know, that's you know, big tournaments, little tournaments. You know how the Hard Rocks were doing their own things. They had the WPT okay. now, WSOP hook up. You know, all of a sudden, they don't have to get as generous as they might want to, right. because there's no competition for them. So, that's less value for the poker players, in my opinion. Um, you know, and if they run out a couple of the rooms and no one is competing with them and they're going to have to you know you, poker rooms are going to have to make a decision. We're going to be happy generating this amount of revenue because we can't risk going after anything more than that because we can we can be put out of business as far as running a poker room is concerned. Once again, that may lower high hands and daily promotions which again will eventually hurt the players because of what they're getting right now. Right. So right. Uh, that's that's just my opinion. Uh, it, it, like I said, right now it's great for poker players here in South Florida because the amount of money that some of these rooms are offering for the daily high hands and the way they're playing it, well, guess what? <laughs> if these rooms don't start making a, a, a decent enough amount of profit where they think it's worth it to to them, they're just going to close those rooms down and put machines there um, yeah. in the local casinos. And less access to poker rooms means... The poker players have less <laughs> less power, you know, because now it's, hey, you come play in my room or you don't play, Right. you know. So, exactly. again, that I, this is how I'm looking at it from a management standpoint. I've always believed that with these high hands, without even thinking of the monster that the Hard Rock has become, you know, that eventually some rooms would have closed because of the not being able to compete with other rooms. Mm-hmm. Now the Hard Rock can just really put a hurting – on a lot of casinos. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay, well, let's take our final break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about this uh, best bet Money uh, bounty scramble, the uh, WPT tournament, maybe a couple of results from the uh, WSOP Europe, and uh, an interesting story from Malta that has uh, shaken up the women in poker. Uh, I want to talk about that as well. So uh, we'll be back after these messages. You're listening to Poker Action Line. We'll be right back. <laughs> However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. The odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us and the play for real game becomes available. Hi, this
0: is Terry Cruz, actor, former football player and father of five. I'm also an expert on drama. There's a good kind that comes with having a house full of kids and there's silly drama like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school
1: diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org.
0: And lead the drama to actors like me.
1: Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. And welcome back. Big Dave and Joe to finish things up here for another edition of Poker Action Line. We appreciate everybody joining us. Of course, you can always pick us up on SoundCloud or on our website, pokeractionline.com. Uh, get some of the past shows and look up some of those. Uh, SoundCloud has a nice availability and an easy way for you to tweet out the show. Uh, Hold'em Radio Network still carries the show and uh, uh, the uh, PokerFuse podcast page or anywhere you get your uh, podcast, Stitcher or uh, iTunes, uh, places like that. So we're uh, still getting some nice response from people following the show, and we do appreciate it. Uh, I did want to mention from the... uh, World Series of Poker Europe, Uh, not familiar with a lot of names that have won some of the tournaments, but I can tell you that Sean Deeb went over there to try to win the player of the year. He was second to Robert Campbell. Both players are playing over there. Campbell, I think, just finished eighth in this platinum high roller. Uh, He got knocked out of the tournament, so he may be back in the lead again, but for at least going into today... Deeb had taken over the lead from Campbell for uh, Player of the Year, and Negranu is currently a ways back at third. But I wonder how much that means to him. You know, obviously, uh, Deeb took the money when we talked about with the Gus Hansen uh, deal a few years back, but he has certainly achieved a lot of success, and I think uh, some of that notoriety for Player of the Year would mean a lot to him.
0: I would imagine, obviously, for their egos. But going forward, Dave, I think it's more for you know once they become eligible for the Poker Hall of Fame. Nice to have that on your resume. Yeah.
1: You know. True.
0: You know. Besides meeting all the criteria that the Hall of Fame, the Poker Hall of Fame has, you know, you see Player of the Year. You know that, that that's that's gotta be that's gotta be a, a a good one to have on your resume there for the I Poker Hall of Fame. I would say.
1: Uh, the other thing I want to mention was this Best Bet Bounty Scramble because it's a great story. Uh, uh, the winner was a, a cash game player that had only played, I think, seven tournaments in his life. Never played anything over like about $500 tournament. Uh, got into this uh, Best Bet Bounty Scramble and it's a $5000 buy-in. I don't he know if probably he probably got or in or on a satellite
0: would be my that, guess that's or a possibility. Won a promotional entry into it. That's a possibility,
1: but he tweeted out to a bunch of his friends that uh he said I'm going to win this 5k in jacks going into the tournament. And he did. He won the tournament. Uh it's uh he picked up uh uh $331,000. Good for him. He's, he's won a couple of small tournaments before. I guess he's mostly placed cash, but he played. He's played seven tournaments in his life. He won two of them, and now this is the first time he ever played a huge tournament like that. How many
0: people were in it? Uh, you
1: have the number there, by I any chance? I do. I think. Uh, no, I don't have it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> See if I can find it here. Anyway, uh, he went into the final table. And he had like the lead after day two. Uh they went into day three and then day four and he ends up winning. But uh he defeated Ton Wynn, who was a local, a friend of his and a guy who he played with against a bunch. Uh, Josh Kay was the chip leader heading in to the tournament. But uh um uh, you know, this was the tournament where you have the bounties uh scattered thirty bounty players throughout, uh, Jessica Dolly and uh big name players like that. Uh, 349 was it. Okay. the total, and uh, he went in. He wa- he was leading day two, and then he slipped a little bit back. Uh, Josh K was the chip leader heading into the final day, but I wanted to talk about one of the hands because it's uh, it was kind of an interesting hand. You know, this sometimes you just no matter how confident you are, you need luck in the right spot, right? Uh, yes. So he had uh, let's see, he had uh, pocket aces. And he's playing against Kay, who had King-10 offsuit. Okay. So uh, Kay led out with $360,000 bet. Uh, blinds were 60000 Okay. Uh, Adkins called with his pocket aces.
0: Just uh, called?
1: Just called. Uh, the flop landed five and eight of clubs and the two of diamonds. K bets out three hundred sixty thousand again. Uh, Josh Adkins raises, made it 1100, or eleven hundred or one point one million, I should say. Uh, K took his time, used the time extension chip, and announced all-in for thirty three point six million. Wow! Uh, and Adkins, of course, with pocket aces, you know, he snap-called, and, and uh, there was a jack on the uh, turn and a six of spades on the river, so um that left k down with like 90,000 in chips and uh, pushed adkins up to 8 million so that was pretty much the end of k but i guess my question to you is uh, uh you know, can you find fault with K uh, thinking he could uh, bluff him off? Just a cold bluff.
0: I think uh, the uh, the other gentleman perf- played it perfectly when by, he just by called, calling by on, just the, on calling, the flop, by just calling on the flop and not which raising, can get you into and trouble, and not racing on the river. I yeah. mean, uh, 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 pre-flop. Yeah. Remember, you said he just called, and there was a bet made, and right. he just made the call. Right. So, you know, he was he was showing weakness. And the other guy with the chip figured, oh, I'm going to bully him around. And, you know, you know, all of a sudden, <laughs> like they say, I picked the wrong time to get caught speeding, you know. So
1: <laughs> I picked the wrong happened. time to start sniffing glue. That's
0: it. You know, Lloyd Bridges, <laughs> baby, yeah, exactly. an airplane.
1: Exactly. So then he, be- he beat uh, Ton Wynn, uh, who was his friend, head-to-head, and uh, wins the tournament. But here's here's a guy that, you know. You're local in event. You always think, well, I love to play one of those one time. Maybe you get it together to win a satellite, or maybe have some people who say, yeah, we think you're pretty good. We'll go ahead and, uh, you know, see how you do in tournament play, and we'll back you for this or that. So
0: we don't uh, know if he had a backer. Right? We don't know that because five thousand for a guy who's only paid five hundred for his top tournament entry fee. Yeah, but
1: he was a pretty good sized cash game player. So okay, I guess well, he knew but people. you
0: know. It, if tournaments aren't your thing, a five thousand is is a nice little price to pay for it. So again, he might have had some backers, or like I said, he might have won a, a satellite into it, or they might have had a promotional uh, night at Jackson, uh, you know, at Best Bed, and uh, he happened to win whatever that promotion was for the entrance. Right. And when you said that he tweeted that he was going to win it, you know, uh, timing is everything, like you said, and you know he may have been on a nice heater you know you know he was he was in the zone maybe going into this tournament and he just said hey i i feel really good you know i'm making great decisions and and playing my hands beautifully uh, you know i'm confident that i can win this
1: yeah, exactly. So,
0: and and he did. <laughs>
1: yeah. and playing uh, players all over the world making names for themselves in some of these events. The opportunities are there to really uh, really to and, and you know
0: for some of these tournaments, you know, uh with we telling with chris, you know telling us bit sometimes a like Chris of telling us that you know life changing money you know, and he went through what was it, just month where he wound up winning coming in second and one and winning another one very you know shortly thereafter and and since then he's won a a, a bracelet you know it, it changes your life and and dave all i know is in my life when i've played poker and i was playing for you know higher limits than i can afford to play for right now in my in my current state when i was doing very well financially you know everything was good at home and and I was you know I had money for some reason and and it's not for some reason I know what it is you're not afraid to lose the money you're not afraid to make tough calls when 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 you when you honestly your gut feeling is telling you your opponent doesn't have what he's trying to represent and for me I would have to say probably 75 80% of the time when I was in that situation in my life I played real well poker. You know, I, I wasn't afraid. I, I took that fear factor out of it, you know, and I've seen friends and people that I've known for years that play and similar scenarios. And whenever they've been, you know, down at the uh, towards the end financially and they're trying to get this hit, they can never rarely do they win because they're they're afraid that this one bad call is going to you know knock them out of a tournament or knock them out of a cash game cuz they can't reach back into their pockets they've put everything they had on the table and again i know from from my experience that i did real well you know when i when i didn't think about the money and i and right, i, I yeah. played a lot That's more confidently and for some reason I seem to have seen things a lot more clear. I I, di- I didn't see monsters <laughs> behind the wall like I did when I was, uh, you know, short stacked or not to say short stacked, but uh, not didn't have the deeper pockets that I had at that time, and, it, and and it would not affect my life, but affect how I how how I would live for for a week or two. So,
1: okay. And one other thing I wanted to tell you about that I teased earlier was uh, this ladies' event. It was in Malta. Uh, in the european area and uh, the battle of malta was the uh, poker festival they had a ladies event which was a uh, 100 euro buy-in small la- ladies uh, no-holdem tournament event and when the ladies got to the table the dealers were all shirtless
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> they were had like uh those white collars like a chippendale dancer almost something like on. that and they were had their shirts off It was created by the tournament because they actually played these paid these dealers an extra hundred euros themselves to uh, work the event, including fifty for being shirtless and another fifty for dancing on stage before the tournament.
0: (laughs) So they thought it
1: was hilarious. The women didn't find it so funny though. Oh really? Uh, Basically, went crazy on Twitter. uh, Just felt it was totally unacceptable. Uh, awful and beyond poor taste. Uh, you know, big-name women players, too. Uh, Danielle Moon well, and remember, a few others. They uh, want to
0: be treated the same as the men. Yeah. And they see this as, uh, you know, we're just trying to, you know, make make fun of it kind of, I guess. You know, we, we laughed. I just laughed about it, but, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not in their shoes there, and I could probably understand that.
1: Uh, one of the dealers told... Uh, Uh, One of the ladies, he said he refused point blank and he was taken off the event. So they almost just basically forced uh, them to it. Uh, one One of the ladies said, that's absolutely gross, especially if you're in seat one or ten. (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, these were like you know, these were not Chippendale type bodies. These were like that, guys that, with that hairy chests. Women are a lot classier
0: and, than, than men. Yeah, general. I mean, they so
1: thought it was funny and they thought they would get some publicity maybe out of it. But uh, basically, to a person, the the women found it completely demeaning and were very angry. Uh, I didn't see people walking off the tournament, but they said after the first break, they all came back and they had shirts on. So uh, there were 92 women in the tournament. And
0: um uh, Can you very imagine, upset. can you imagine if the tables were reversed? You know, the the well, outcry that's the <laughs> outcry that would have been there if it had been men with women sitting there, you know. <laughs>
1: well one of the people one of the women tweeted and said uh uh don't they have any female dealers? Are they also topless? Uh,
0: uh,
1: or are they just losing work?
0: That's it. That's it. So, so you know.
1: Anyway, I wanted to mention that 'cause uh did did get some publicity. Uh, not the good kind, though, obviously. <laughs> uh, two other quick notes. Uh, there was a note from uh, Encore, Boston Harbor. We've talked about that on the show, the big, good, brand-new casino in the Boston area. Uh, they had to abandon their games uh, about a week and a half ago. No, actually, it was last Friday. Uh, there was a storm, and the water started pouring in the, through the ceiling,
0: through the uh, light vents and everything. You ever had that happen at
1: your room with a ceiling uh
0: Yeah, but not while we were playing because we've closed for some of those. I mean, you you worked with us before when the building was a lot older. Yeah, we went through through a lot uh, of stuff. We went through a lot of stuff similar to that. I don't ever recall. I mean, yes, I I shouldn't say I didn't recall. We've had leaks, but not to where it was, you know, (laughs) where we had to close the room. But yeah, we we did have to put some buckets here and there and move a table every now and then. So,
1: (laughs) but it's a two point five billion dollar. Uh, project that just opened three months ago, so it's uh, kind of hard to understand why that could happen. That really is. That really, really is. 74 poker tables in a six-table
0: VIP section. Whoever, whoever signed off as a, as the inspector on that thing for, I would imagine they had to pass all you know different codes, things for the city didn't do their job real well right? you know so yeah, absolutely
1: and one final thing i want to mention uh, there's plans now for a high speed train that was g- is going to go from los angeles to las vegas uh we saw the uh the movie where the guy walked there but now you can uh, take a train there uh virgin trains which is uh, responsible for the one here in south florida the bright line train that right. goes from palm beach uh from miami up to palm beach and eventually they're trying to make that one go to orlando but this whole project is a Roughly five billion dollar product or project that's going to uh, break ground sometime in 2020. What's but
0: the time, the frame that they're talking about to get there from one to the other? They
1: say that uh, normally a three hour drive between Vegas and Victorville, which is outside of Los Angeles, is where the track, where track is going to end, I guess r- for right now, uh, takes normally three hours by car, and the train would take between 75 and 90 minutes and would run every 45 minutes.
0: So, you know, cutting the time... About in half. About in half. Yeah. So maybe a little bit more if you're lucky. Yeah, a little more than half. So, uh... um
1: they say it'll create a jobs, obviously, and take cars off the road out there, which is something they really need. But yeah, you know, Vegas sure. again, uh, this is not driven by poker, but obviously is driven by the casinos and the people that make the trips. I, I guess that's a big deal out there. I wouldn't know much about it, but a lot of people love uh, from Los Angeles and South Cali- Southern California area like to yeah. make that trip to, to And Vegas. I don't know
0: how expensive the flights are, but you know, the, the, that type of flight is almost similar to Miami to Orlando, which is you know forty-five minutes. Of which, 15 of that is taxing to, to take off and once you land. so
1: The station in Vegas will be on Las Vegas Boulevard, uh, right near the new stadium that the Raiders are going to play in, the Allegiant Stadium, which is... Uh,
0: Where is that being built? On what end of it? Is it down by the Mandalay Bay towards the airport area? Uh, or between
1: Warm Springs and Blue Diamond Road, I guess.
0: Okay. I
1: think it's down on the north end, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, up by mandalay bay in that area that end of the strip so anyway uh things continue to evolve as uh the technology increases uh whether it be from uh, ai playing poker against top players or uh you know, the travel and the changes of life that we're uh, going through. I don't know. It's passing me by, I think.
0: but uh, You and me both there, buddy. Well, you, you and do. me both. You know. Anyway,
1: Joe, thank you for all your help again. Uh, we'll keep an eye on the World Series of Poker Europe, which will be ending uh, this weekend. And we will look for a few other things. Geo, thank you as well. We appreciate it, as always. Uh, don't forget that the big the charity poker event coming up. Uh, which is the Deep Stack Charity Classic will be at the aisle uh, November 7th through the 10th. So, uh, still might be some seats available. I'm not sure about that. Always sells out, it seems to, but you might want to check that out as well. Uh, go online at Deep, deep stack charity and check it out. Uh, Big Dave Lemon saying so long. We'll catch you next week on another edition of Poker Action Line.